0: Last season, Texas A&M, they could get to the red zone, but they struggled to score touchdowns. You know who didn't? Coach Colin Klein. You are locked on Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome on into Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefani. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new financial hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions. Apply. I've got a crazy one for you today, ladies and gentlemen. A really, really, really good stat. You know, I'll pull some stats sometimes that, that just get me excited. This is one of those stats. So last season, a massive talking point around the Texas AM football team was, hey, they were getting to the red zone but they weren't scoring touchdowns. And you know who didn't have that same issue was uh, Coach Colin Klein and Kansas State. Kansas State was getting to the red zone, and they were scoring seven, not three. That is so huge, huge in a football game. I mean, it was so frustrating seeing Randy Bond go out a million times a game to kick field goals when, uh, you know, whoever it was, whether it was Connor Wigman or um, Max Johnson or Jalen Henderson led, or even uh, you know, Marshall Reed led a great drive down the field. And then you stall. Listen to this stat. Last season, Texas A&M got to the red zone 61 times. They turned those 61 um, red zone trips into thirty six touchdowns, twenty two rushing touchdowns, fourteen passing touchdowns, for a percentage of fifty nine percent. Okay, fifty nine percent. That means fifty nine percent of the time when Texas A M got to the red zone, they scored a touchdown. You ready for Kansas State? Because listen, it's Monday morning. Let's let's call a spade a spade. It's Monday morning. And this gets me fired up. Here we go. Kansas State was in the red zone 65 times last season, scoring 51 touchdowns. 51 touchdowns, ladies and gentlemen. 30 rushing touchdowns, 21 passing touchdowns for a percentage of 78. 19 percentage points better than what Texas A&M did. Coach Colin Klein was getting Kansas State to the red zone and scoring touchdowns, not kicking field goals. So you said, Andrew, you know where does that percentage, where does that percentage uh, shape up to some other you know good teams, good offenses, right? Where does that shape up? You know who had a really good offense, LSU. LSU's offense was, was dominant, one of the best we've seen, really since LSU's offense with. Joe Burrow and, and and Jamar Chase and those great players when they won the national championship a few years ago, what was their percentage in this category? You might ask. Pretty good, seventy five, but not as good as Coach Colin Klein's Kansas State team. Georgia, another incredible football team. You know, you could argue was was the best football team in all college football last year, but lost to um, Bama. You know, d- didn't make the playoff because of it. What was their percentage? Sixty-nine percent. What Coach Colin Klein did last season, and this is just one fat one phase of the game, ladies and gentlemen. You know, obviously, not all of football comes down to can you know scoring touchdowns in the red zone, but it is such a huge factor. There is nothing more frustrating than watching an incredible drive stall on the sixteen-yard line on the 12-yard line, and you have to kick a field goal. There, There's nothing worse. And you know, you, know who, you know who was griping about it? Jimbo Fisher was, time and time again. All you'd hear from him in his press conferences, um, got to have seven, not three. Got to have seven, not three. We can't have field goals. Can't have field goals. And what continued and continued and continued to happen? Field goals. And it was annoying. You know, I mean, it was frustrating watching great drive after great drive that between the twenties, and it just stalled when when it got to the scoring area. It was really frustrating. I don't think it's going to happen to Coach Klein. Seeing, I mean, seriously, because that's one of my football pet peeves is getting to the red zone and not scoring. Pull, um, a touchdown. So you know, and it's funny because the stat was like, it was um, the way I was able to find these numbers was it was on the NCAA website, and it was red zone scoring. And of course, Texas a red zone scoring percentage wasn't bad because you know they uh Randy Bond did a good job kicking field goals. Normally, if you're inside the red zone, it's not too long of a field goal, and he made those field goals so more times than not. A&M was getting points, which points are great. Yes, points are great. But that, that stat to me is a little bit misleading. I would take it further and, t- and do this red zone touchdown percentage. And, and I didn't see that stat on the solely website. But, um, um, and like I said, you could, you could run that number, it'd be really hard. But I'd be curious to know where Coach Colin Klein's, you know, like I said, those LSU at 75%, Georgia at 69%, those are two of some of the better offenses, two of the best teams in college football. And look at those percentages, you know. Not as good as Coach Klein's offense. So um, this stat does mean a lot to me, ladies and gentlemen, and I I think it should mean a lot to everybody. I mean, looking at this, knowing Texas A&M is going to get the football to the 20, to the 10, to the 15, to the 5, and score seven points, not three. I mean, think of the difference that could have made in in Texas A&M's you know, I mean, and I know that this is the what-if game. We're playing a what-if game, but but do that. Do that do that math right there. Say instead of AM scoring touchdowns um, on 59% of their red zone trips, they score touchdowns on 78% of their red zone trips. H- how different is the record? I mean, seriously, how different is the record? And I know that's the what-if game, but this is my point. I think, um, you know, with, with Coach Elko's got it on the other side of the football, I feel we feel. I, I think everybody should feel great about about the defense and the outlook of the defense. Coach Klein has got this offense on lock, and I, I think it's in a really, really good spot. Now, you know, listen. There's some different things. Like for example, we're going to have the conversation here in a minute. And are we a little, maybe a little overconfident in the wide receiver room? You know, there's different conversations to be had about this team, about this roster. Um, but coach Klein, you know, is going to do a ton with the talent he has in this roster. I believe that once again, and I hate to say it, I don't think he's going to be at Texas A&M long. Cause I think he's going to be a head coach very soon. I I'm so high on what he's going to bring to Texas A&M and what he's going to bring to this offense. And, uh, I just, I'm so excited to see what he can do, I think it's going to be just truly amazing seeing what he can do for Texas A&M's offense for the quarterbacks and the receivers. I'm just so really excited to see what this looks like. But that's that to me, ladies and gentlemen, really stood out um, because it's it's so important to football games. I mean, I mean that difference, fifty nine percent to seventy eight percent, is such a massive difference that can you know play the role in winning and losing football games if you're scoring touchdowns 59% of the time instead of 78% of the time it's going to be the difference in winning those one possession games that Texas A&M was losing last season and losing those games so you know you make that change you fix that and Texas A&M wins more football games so that's a stat to me, that I think is going to be a big deal. And when I, when, I, when I did some digging on that and found that, it got me really, really excited. So now we're going to talk a little bit about this wide receiver. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, you know, I was kind of sitting and thinking about it. And, you know, I thought to myself, you lost a lot there. Are we a little bit overconfident in this room? We're going to make the case for both sides of this argument, and we'll do that coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals You can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So LinkedIn, you know, it's a really good service. It's a place where I like how convenient that it puts together professionals looking for jobs and employers looking to hire. It really eases up that process for folks. So it's something I highly recommend. And I know many different people in the industry looking for jobs use it as well. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So looking at this wide receiver room, you know, it was one I think that maybe we we're a little bit overconfident in it. Now, I'm going to make the I'm going to make the argument for both sides of this, but I think you have to remember what you're losing. You're losing Evan Stewart, who I do think if he puts together a good season this year, can be a first-round pick in the NFL draft. That's how talented he is. I, I you can never convince me that coach Fisher used him well and that he was used properly. Now, I do agree that there were some, you know, there were some some things off the field that we disagree with. You know, he kind of not playing in this and kind of giving up on the team a little bit. No question there. there's there's some issues there that I disagree with. But when it comes to talent on the football field, i I'm a real I'm a real significant believer and what Evan Stewart can do. I do think he can be a first-round pick in the NFL draft if he you know, has 1,000 yards this year um, at his new home. And, you know, I think what concerns me about losing Aniah Smith and Evan Stewart is you lose two different types of valuable player. So, of course, you have... Um, Evan Stewart, who is the talented guy, he's the one that was the former five star, going to be a really, really good player for a long time, wherever he goes at the next level. No question there, but I think Anias Smith brings a different type of value to Texas AM. You know, it, not only in his what he did in special teams, but and he helps there a ton, but the other factor that played a huge role in what he did was just – I mean, it seemed like every time Texas A&M needed something, he got the job done. Every time he needed to go make a play, he made a big play for this football team. So, you know, losing those two pieces, you know, uh, losing a a player, Raymond Cottrell, who I think could have been a good player, he transfers – you did lose a significant amount, but you also did bring in a couple. And then and then on top of that, you got to remember, when it comes to the high school recruiting ranks, you lose Cam Coleman, Draylon Miller. You lose a lot there as well that is going to be hard to replace. I mean, Cam Coleman is going to be a star. You lose um, Draylon Miller, who I think is going to be a great player. That hurts as well. So you weren't just losing players – you know, on the roster currently losing a guy like a Cam Coleman, I think he could have came in and, and helped immediately. That's how talented he is. Um, so I think now looking at the receiver room you've got now, my concern is the depth. I feel good about Moose, which is so funny. I you know, I was um looking at some stuff on news yesterday. Like a lot of the people think he's going to the NFL draft because I've seen lot of things about that. It was really weird. It was like, I don't know. It was weird, but because we know that is obviously not the case, but, um, I think Moose is going to have a good year. Moose is another player. I I don't, what happened last year? I don't even know how to explain that. It, It makes less than zero sense to me why he wasn't out there, why he wasn't playing a significant role. It was, it was weird. I mean, it was weird. I mean, the things he can do on the football field is, is, is truly impressive. So, um, you know, with Moose and then Noah Thomas, um, jade Walker, I just think those three guys now, you know, Noah Thomas was in and out of the lineup with injuries. You got to stay healthy, but when it comes to the, the depth, so those are your, your guys, you know, those are gonna be the three main guys. I'm really high on Jabri Barber, the transfer from Troy. Really good numbers last year, um, and, and listen, I, I, you know, I saw an in interview. He's he's a confident kid. He he said, "Hey, I want to come receive or having a thousand yard year this year at Texas A&M." So I mean, you know, I don't think he's coming here to be play a backup role. It, it's you know, it's funny because it's it's hard to find you know a ton of playing time for him with these three talented guys ahead of him, but. I, I like the tape, you know, and he was on a good football team at Troy, and he did some good things. So, um, you know, I think he's your number four guy. And then you've got the interesting pieces. You got the the freshman Isaiah Williams, Ernest Campbell. You got Tees. You got um, Cyrus Allen, the other transfer receiver. So, you know, those are kind of the guys. It's a room. It's a top heavy room to me. And then you know, you're you, you're going to rely on some young guys and some uh, you know some different stuff there that um, some, uh, you know, uh, sophomores, true freshmen. So it's a room where if you have two injuries, I think it, it thins out quick. And that's kind of my concern. You know, those, those four names right there, Noah Thomas, Moose, Jada Walker, and Drew Barber, I feel really good about. It's the drop off after that, that concerns me. So I think that perhaps we're a little bit overconfident in this room. Um, I do think that that is a possibility, but I think I just think we're forgetting who Moose Muhammad is because of what happened last season. But the numbers that he is he is capable of putting together is impressive, and I think that you're going to see him do that this year. I, I'm I'm kind of anxious to see what he can do. Because I do think he's an NFL player, and I don't think that what happened last year showed that. So, hopefully, if he is able to put together better numbers this year, he can put himself in a position to get drafted the following year. Because I just, I mean, the catches he's able to make are really cool. I mean, how many one handed catches have we seen that dude make throughout his career? Um, and then, you know, jude Walker, as well as a guy, I think that he can potentially even be the number one in this offense. He, You know, he really stepped up last year. He looked good um doing different things late in the year. So I think he can do some things, too. Noah Thomas is a guy, you know, I think that being banged up and, and ended up in the lineup kind of hurt the numbers that he could have put together last year. But I think if he stays healthy, you know, he can be a touchdown machine with his height and his size. He's a big guy. I think he can score a lot of touchdowns. So, um I think you could argue perhaps we're a little overconfident this wide receiver room, but I think that the overconfidence um, has to do with the the top heaviness or the the top guys. If you start having guys go down with injuries, then it's going to become concerning. But the guys at the top, you know, you feel good about. And then you got to remember, you're going to get a second transfer portal window here. So. If the coaching staff goes through you know, early parts of the year and don't feel great about where the receiver room's at, they will have that second window to try and bring in some more guys. So, you know, I don't think this room now is – we could be having a different conversation in a few um, months is what I'm saying. But right now I'm confident in this room, but I do think you are a couple injuries away from – seeing some problems with this wide receiver room so that's where my head is at with that position group and now we're going to talk about texas a&m's win over the florida gators felt like a must win with what you got coming up it was a big win we'll talk about who played well and then what is coming up for the aggies we'll have that conversation coming up right here on locked on aggies But first, I got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. Uh, The Super Bowl, you know, it's an interesting one. We've been betting against the Chiefs for weeks now and losing time and time again. So, do you stick with that? Do you flip and bet on? Do you, do you, do we keep sticking with that bet the 49ers or do you flip and bet on the Chiefs? It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, it's going to be a fun Super Bowl though. I, I'm anxious to see how this one plays out. I, I, there's a lot of players that are easy to root for on the 49ers side of things. Chiefs, it's harder because they've won a lot. You know, they've kind of taken on that Brady supervillain role. Um, a lot of players I'd like to see win on the 49ers, Debo, McCaffrey, Kittle. So uh, a lot to root for in the Super Bowl. FanDuel has so many ways to end the season with a dub or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, but you can also bet on which players are going to score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and a ton more. New customers join today and get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. So this win on the hardwood was a significant one, and it was a must win. I've said it time and time again. This felt like a game you could not lose. Um, you know, as the season kind of got uglier and uglier with some losses, it, we, we had gotten to a point where you kind of said to yourself, okay, you got to start winning some of these games. And early in this one, you kind of went, Ooh, you know, Texas A&M was behind uh 40, 34 at the half. This is a Florida team that just beat Kentucky in Rupp Arena. So, I mean, it was a little bit concerning, but you get the job done, and at the end of the day, it was a win. You had to get it was a win that you needed. I mean, if you lose this game, I don't know how you find a path to kind of fix stuff. You're now four and four in conference play. Um, you got you got a winnable game coming up against Missouri on the road, of course, but a winnable game and a must win. If you take care of business there, you are five and four with the Tennessee Volunteers coming to town. I mean, you know, you already took the manhood of the Kentucky Wildcats in Reed Arena a couple weeks ago. Can you do that to Tennessee? It'll be interesting. Um, But, you know, I think that you go in to that Tennessee game on a winning streak we know Rita Reno will be pumped up. We know we know folks are going to be fired up for that ball game, especially if you're coming in on a couple game winning streak. So, you know, I'm kind of anxious to see if this team can go on the road and take down a Missouri team that is not good. I don't I still believe that they're winless in SEC play. I think that they played Vandy, they had their shot at a win and lost. Let me double check on that. Yes, they are 0 9 in SEC play. So, this is a very bad basketball team. You've already beaten them at home. Now, you got to go to their place and beat them again. If you want to, you know, we've talked about it. We are getting to a point where getting into the NCAA tournament is getting more and more concerning. This is a game you cannot lose if you want to go to the NCAA tournament. You have to, I mean, you know, it's not even debatable. You have to win this basketball game. Um, Same thing with that Vandy game on the road after the Tennessee game. So there are some wins still left on the board for this Texas A&M team, and then maybe you could win a game or two in the SEC tournament. You know, Coach Buzz tends to do well in Nashville. Um, So you know, if you find a way to to maybe win a game or two, you're not supposed to. Now listen, you got to play Tennessee twice. Still, you got to go to Bama. I mean, this this schedule is not going to ease up. So you I, I, do you, do you have to go? You have South Carolina coming to town, who is likely going to be ranked when the AP poll comes out later today. So you've got four. Let me see this: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of your next seven games. Assuming South Carolina is ranked, which we think they're going to be ranked, four of those games are going to be against ranked teams. So. It's going to be a tough stretch. It's going to be a really tough stretch, but you do have games against Arkansas, Van and Missouri, who are, I think, the three worst teams in the SEC. You have to win those three. You know, you have to win those three. And if you could find a way to steal a couple of those ranked games, it's not going to be easy, but you do get to play a couple of them at home, steal a couple of those, and then you get to those three games in March. You got to go to Georgia. I think that's a winnable game. You host Mississippi State, winnable game, go to Ole Miss. Once again, tough, but winnable game. There are a lot of games that Texas A&M can win. question is, will they? They have to shoot the ball. They have to keep doing well, what they've been doing. Um, You know, Boots was great in this win over the Florida Gators. He led the Aggies and led the game with 26 points. 10 of 16 from the field. He was... What was he from the feet or uh, from the free point line? He was three. He was um, two or three from deep. Five rebounds, two assists. You know, it was interesting—a game of of the two best offensive rebounding teams in college hoops—and they kind of kept each other off the offensive glass. Florida had eleven offensive rebounds. Texas A&M had thirteen, which is a fun kind of narrative in this ball game. Um, you hold a guy in Walter Clayton who lit it up in Rupp Arena to only eight points. Two of eight shooting, two of six from three. So, um, you know, I think the game planned well for a player like him who was coming in hot. And then you the the only concern from this game for me, and it's going to be continuous, is you got to make your free throws. Texas AM continues to not make their free throws. 15 to 24 in this game from the from the line, 62.5%. You're not going to win basketball games if you aren't making their free ones. Have to make them. It's getting concerning. You will lose basketball games because of that. I mean, think about that. You win this game by a point. If you make five more of those, it's it's a huge deal. So I mean, they're they're called free throws for a reason. I know that is the most generic saying of all time, but it's genuine. You got to make them. They are free points that are being handed to you. So um, you got to make your free throws. But this Texas A and team can go on a run, but it will take beating some really good teams. They got to continue to get better and better scoring the basketball. And if they do that, I do still believe this team can string some wins together and make some magic happen. That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Aggies. Thank you all so much for being here. Hope everybody has a great rest of their Monday and we will see you tomorrow.